Episode 22, Finding Beauty in Your Brokenness, with internationally renowned health and wellness expert and chef, Candace Kamai. My name is Dan Mason. In 2012, I was overweight, getting divorced, battling depression, and feeling trapped in a career where I was successful, but bored and unfulfilled. And it's actually the greatest gift I've ever been given. I use my pain as a springboard to discover my life's purpose. Now, I want to share the same tools and strategies which help transform my life with you. So you can live Life Amplified. Eugene Kennedy once said, there would be no need for love if perfection were possible. Love arises from our imperfection, from our being different and always in need of the forgiveness, encouragement, and that missing half of ourselves that we're searching for, as the Greek myth tells us, in order to complete ourselves. Our guest today tells us the story of how a recent breakup forced her to go back to her Japanese heritage and use the art of kintsugi to find a deeper sense of love and self-acceptance. Candice Kamai is a classically trained chef, former TV host, former model turned wellness journalist, and five-time best-selling author. Her new book, Kintsugi Wellness, The Japanese Art of Nourishing Mind, Body, and Spirit, transcends beyond the delicious recipes Candice is known for and shares the philosophies of her Japanese culture about embracing imperfections, cultivating inner strength, and living a gracious life. In this interview, some of the topics that we'll discuss are how traditions from ancient Japanese culture gave Candice a unique insight into how to handle problems in our Western culture, how celebrating and finding the beauty in your brokenness can help you achieve self-acceptance, how to appreciate your scars without making them your identity, the importance of building authentic human connection, how being grateful for the pain in bad times can help you move forward in your life, what Japanese culture can teach us about living with great resilience and living gracefully. Her new book is available April 17th, and if you're loving the interview, be sure to let us know. You can screenshot this podcast, upload it to Instagram and Twitter, tag me at CSC Dan Mason, and you can tag her at Candice Kumai, C-A-N-D-I-C-E-K-U-M-A-I. Now, many of you out there might know Candice from her time on Iron Chef America. She's a Top Chef alumni. She's been a guest on Beat Bobby Flay, as well as numerous appearances on the Today Show in Dr. Oz. But you've probably never seen her like this. A really vulnerable interview. I hope it serves you. Sit back and enjoy. We are finding beauty in our brokenness with Candice Kumai. Candice Kumai, welcome to Life Amplified. Thanks. So great to talk to you. We're going to dive in and talk all about your new book, Kintsugi Wellness. It comes out April 17th. This is an interesting project because I think a lot of people who are familiar with your work know you in the food and nutrition space when they've seen you on TV. And this <laughs> book is a much more holistic approach to wellness. So tell me about the project and how this came to be and why you're taking a little bit of a different approach here. So it's finally time for me to kind of tell a little bit more about my personal story. And I didn't really want to, but I felt that it was just necessary to start writing about something other than food. I think that the food space is very crowded now. And I think that just explaining about my business and my story and my life for some reason has been so fascinating to so many people that my Japanese heritage is sort of what I drew upon to get through the tough times. And my sister and I both seem to be doing pretty 
pretty well in our entrepreneurial ways. We think maybe what set us apart, we started to notice over the years was how our parents raised us. So that's sort of the important part about this book is it's more family. You know, in this book, you draw a lot on your Japanese heritage and the idea of Kintsugi wellness refers to a Japanese art form. And I think people will really appreciate the metaphor when you explain what that is. Tell us how you came to find out about this art form, how you've really applied it, not just in terms of art, but as an approach to life. We say that um, Kintsugi is a metaphor to everyone's life if you can look at an object as a form of healing in a way. So Kintsugi has been the Japanese practice of golden repair. And it's been my favorite way of sharing with others my story from my heritage. And I think that we just fell in love with it. Like me and my mom and my sister and my family, we appreciate this artistry that's been around for thousands of years. And then we now utilize it in my writing. And I find it to be unique because it's not something that I created. It's something that I learned about when I was going through a hard time and a breakup of my own that really affected my whole life. And I looked at it as a form of healing and sealing and repair and a metaphor and notion that I wasn't the only person or thing out there that was broken. Talk more about that then. When we say an art form of golden repair, how does that work? They actually put the piece together after it's been broken, like back in the ancient days. If an object was broken that was special to them, they would put it back with lacquer and then golden dust or powder, and then they would allow it to seal. It would take a long time to put it back together. It would be sacrificial for some servants to masters back in the feudal lord uh, Edo era days, and they would sometimes kill themselves after breaking an object um, and returning to their master Kintsugi. Yeah, it's true and it is shocking and it is real. And the history of Japanese culture is so deep rooted in pride and integrity and in tradition. So no longer, thank God, do we practice Kintsugi as something like master to servant or death is not involved. No longer, it is now just observed as an art form. And really the ultimate point of Kintsugi is through the golden repair and through using the gold on all the cracks and the repaired objects is that you're really highlighting and celebrating and finding beauty in the brokenness. Is that right? Right. We're finding that there is a beauty to be found in broken objects. We look to um, those who have been broken and we foresee them as more beautiful after they've gone through the golden healing and sealing metaphorically in life. How do you find the balance? We all want to come to a place of self-acceptance. Mm-hmm. We want to celebrate our imperfections. How do you do that, though, without taking Taking on the brokenness is part of your identity. Because many times we just identify ourselves more by our scars than by our innate talent or things that are given to us by our creator. We really have to note that we all come from different places and different walks of life and that what we should do is we should focus on what is going forward and not what is behind us. So after you do the gold healing and sealing, you are able to come out of it 
better, but one has to go through the bad before they can see the good. In a perfect world, it would be as simple as we take, you know, we're feeling a little broken, we're feeling sad in our life, we're feeling upset, and we just, you know, throw some gold dust on ourselves and we move forward. But Mm. in in real life, Kintsugi Wellness, there's some steps that you lay out in the book and some principles that have really changed your life. What would you say would be the first one that somebody could apply today to their life that would really help them move forward, heal that pain from the past, see the beauty and the imperfection and move forward in their life. I just think that one must learn how to accept and celebrate their imperfections, which is wabi-sabi. And one must really learn that you are perfectly imperfect the way you are and you don't need to compare yourself to anyone. And the book has many other great chapters that help for people to understand that we are really much more similar than we are different. And if you always do your best, if you take care of your inner circle, if you always do the right thing, if you practice gratitude, those are the Japanese practices in the book. So each chapter is on gaman with great resilience, kancha, which is gratitude, wabi-sabi, celebrating imperfection, osetai, giving the gifts to others. I mean, the book is a really wise, inspiring guidebook to living a much better and deeper life. One of the other principles that you talk about in the book is, I'm not sure how you say this in Japanese, was it gaman? Yes. Yes. And in the chapter about resilience, you talk about how the Japanese people actually have some of the longest lifespans in the world. And two of the things that you attribute that to are movement and they socialize. What is the difference in Japanese culture for socialization versus in America where it seems like so much is superficial and we just keep tabs on one another through social media and think that we have a relationship with people? Oh, I think it's bizarre that we do look at perfection and Instagram or socialization just social media is a way that we've been socializing. It's just a little like weird. So what we've been doing is trying to figure out better ways to implement more human connection nowadays, because we know we started to lose a lot of that when the internet came out and when people got addicted to their phones. And my book just tells people to appreciate nature more, to get out and hike, to breathe the fresh air. There's a Japanese term in the book called Shinrin-yoku, and it refers to forest bathing. And then komorebi is the light between the trees. And if we can just implement more learning of more ways to look to the Japanese as sort of a guiding light in wellness without even trying, there's so many different things that we can do to better connect. I guess you could say the ancient Japanese did not have, you know, the phones and the all the technology, but now they do. So they're themselves they're even going through this sort of a thing so we truly think that there is a lot of special connection between Japanese culture inspiring the rest of the world and it's not just Japanese culture I mean I'm fascinated by everyone another 
practice that you talk about in the book is gratitude. You know, we all know that we're supposed to, you know, Oprah talks of keeping the gratitude journal and the five things that you're grateful for that day. And I, I'm a huge believer in that practice. But an interesting concept you talk about in having gratitude for the pain. Yep. You're supposed to thank the pain and thank the bad times and say thank you. I was taught by my friend Nikki, who had listened to an Oprah Maya Angelou uh, recording that we're supposed to say thank you all the time and pay gratitude and thanks. And it's important to recognize that everything is happening to us for a reason. In the end, you may not see it right away, but you'll see the bigger picture as it comes into fruition. Where do you go to find a sense of faith that everything will be okay when you're in a really broken place in your life when you are the you know the proverbial broken ceramic you know before you're put back together before you've been painted with gold how do you find the faith that you can even be put back together i think that that's so hard for people sometimes is to see things better than what they currently are i think it's different for everybody honestly but you can look to that interview voice or your friends or your family during the darkest times they'll typically show you how much they care about you during the dark times. So that's really, really amazing. Sometimes these things happen for us because we need to be able to move on. We need to be able to learn these lessons so that we can share with others and make sure that everybody realizes we're really in this together. I mean, truly, if everything was so easy, life would be boring and life is perfectly imperfect and we have to accept that. So knowing that sometimes the times are very dark, it is what it is. So many times we're told, you know, that we can positive think our way through anything, but it really is that concept of embracing the struggle sometimes and knowing that in that is the learning opportunity. Have you ever been a person or do you find this with other people where sometimes you get so focused on the goal, like waiting to be happy once you cross the finish line and the book becomes a bestseller or you get the next media opportunity or you get the next milestone in your business? You have to remind yourself that the process has to be pleasurable too. No, because because the process will not be pleasurable. And I <laughs> think true, yeah. that as a realist, it will not be. And I think that people need to present that as the Japanese way of being raised was being a realist. Mono no aware refers to the pathos in life where I spoke of the dark times as much as the light. That is the preparation that the Japanese give their children at a young age. They are living with natural disasters all around them. The worst earthquakes, the worst tsunamis, the worst natural disasters. They're in almost like the eye of the storm. The landscape is imperfect. The weather, the climate change. There are many earthquakes that draw onto where Japan is located. They will and always will prepare for the worst. And that is just how they are. And I think that the American way is to be very positive and uplight and to always expect the best. And you know what? Sometimes that works against us. So I've had to change my mindset and repeat to myself the Japanese saying, Shikata Ganai, which is one of the chapters in the book, Kintsugi Wellness, which refers to it cannot be helped. 
So it's just accepting things as they are in the moment. Yep. And if more of us just did that, we would be able to let up a little bit. Sometimes you really do just have to say bye to people that are not serving you well. And it's going to end up in the long run being the better thing, even if it hurts for a long period of time. You know, I guess it just occurred to me as you were talking about the Japanese people, there being an element of always preparing for the worst. I mean, even if you go back and look at history, you know, with an atomic bomb being dropped, the resiliency of just coming back from having an atomic bomb dropped on the country, there is got to be like a built in sort of toughness and acceptance to rebound from that. Yeah, I've talked to many people about this recently, and I've found more of a fascination with the Japanese during times of turmoil and trauma. And if you look to them as a light, they can help you to get through the tough times. The Japanese have not had one but two atomic bombs dropped on them. And the only nation in the entire world that's had that happen. And they don't speak to it. They don't harbor on it. They don't look at it. They certainly don't cry or complain. And they move on. And that is the Japanese way. Japanese Americans were placed into internment camps and accused of being spies during the war. None of them were spies. They lost their homes. They lost their farms. They lost their valuables. They lost their artwork. They lost everything they owned gone. And they did not complain. They went and served in the war to help the Americans to win in the end and There are so many incredible stories that we can share now and we can look to them as a light because the things that we're going through right now here are very minimalistic compared to what's going on on the other side of the globe. And we need to really be grateful for that and and take care of ourselves here. In Japanese, we call that kyotsukete. And we really need to take care of others, too. When you think about some of the petty things that we got caught up in and hold a grudge, like even in my life right now, like I had a friend recently who sent me kind of a shitty text message that kind of offended me. Mm. And it's so easy to hold on to that. But when you do think of it in a bigger perspective of the real problems that exist in a world, like when you go back to Japan and you visit family there and you see old friends, how do they not hold a grudge for some of those things that you talked about? I mean, there are some atrocities that have happened to to Japanese Americans. How are they able to let that go? You know, that's the Japanese mindset. And the way of thinking is, is that one must never harbor on anything and rather just go. It means to lead with great resilience, to let go, to move forward and to not elevate the drama or the sadness or the darkness or the bad times. It means to simply carry on with grace and dignity. And that is what they do. And they do it by example. And I imagine forgiveness is tied into that concept as well. Like, can you really let go unless you forgive? Like, what have you learned through the Japanese culture on that? Well, you know, they don't really talk about forgiveness, actually. It's a very cut and dry culture. They are stoic. I mean, I'm sure you've noticed a moment of seeing them really break emotion. You don't really know what they're feeling half the time. We know that we're not supposed to hold on to those grudges and things. But yeah, I mean... Being Japanese in many ways also means accepting and thinking about it and not being 
so opinionative and loud, but rather doing an internal process of it, it's a very like group culture. You know, they do things together. They don't like to ruffle feathers. I will say that. Were there other parts in your life where you felt pressure to change who you are to to please other people? Because I know that that's a dynamic that comes up with people in all walks of life when I'm coaching clients, losing yourself to please others. How did that play out? And what have you learned that's helped you overcome that pattern? Well, I think I definitely can believe all of us have had to change and button up and put on a mask for a different point in our life, career, partner, job interview, TV show, shooting something, developing like a new brand, starting a new gig or moving to a new country or location. Or even for me, mostly it was like going on the television shows and like working with the really prestigious chefs or having meetings with like network executives. Like I always thought I had to be perfect and buttoned up and everybody had to like me. But I find now that without even trying to be that buttoned up person, people actually really like me more. And I I do think that being real is the greatest sign of wellness that we have and our health and our family's health is the most important thing in life. So I really don't care about any of those guys anymore. It took me sadly over a decade to figure that out. But you know what, the ones who really love me, love me for exactly who I am. And I hope the same for everyone listening and and their relationships with others. Like it's important to be loved. Many of our listeners are just sort of taking the first step on their wellness or self-development path. Somebody out there listening right now is in the stage of being broken. They've taken it on as their identity. They see the shattered pieces. It might be even a situation that right now they feel is beyond them that it's just so overwhelming, so many things are off track that they're not even sure where to begin. Given what you've learned on your journey and everything that you've learned through the process of just reconnecting to your Japanese heritage and everything you've laid out here in the book, what could you tell them would be their first step to help them get back on track and to move forward? Well, I mean, depends, like we said this earlier, like where you are in that stage. And I think a lot of it like has to do with when you get back on your feet, like for me, I, I traveled to Japan to heal and do a lot of like self soul searching on my own. And I found out who my real friends were. And I definitely took a lot of notes. So I think if you're in that place where you just feel only darkness and anxiety and fear and sadness and anger, you have to know that time will pass. And it's the only healer that we really have that's going to alleviate everything. So just know that it is temporary and it is not forever. That is a sure thing. And that has to give you a little bit of relief. And just be around the people that provide love and happiness and keep it small. Because my mother told me this. She said, some people just want to gossip So don't tell everybody about what happened. So keep it small and keep to yourself and give it time and you'll come out of it a better person. The book is Kintsugi Wellness, The Japanese Art of Nourishing Mind, Body, and Spirit. Candice, where can people go to find you online if they want to connect with you? 
You know, I think the best um, way is to usually DM me on Instagram. So it's just um, Candice Kumai, C-A-N-D-I-C-E-K-U-M as in Mary, A-I. My website is CandiceKumai.com. Same spelling, C-A-N-D-I-C-E-K-U-M as in Mary, A-I.com. And also the new book is Kintsugi Wellness, K-I-N-T. S-U-G-I, Kintsugi Wellness. So it's a really cool new book. I actually think you'll really like it, Dan. It's like super unique. There's nothing else like it out there. I wrote it from my heart. And in fact, I would never be able to look at somebody else's work and like recaptivate these sort of stories. I wrote them real time in my healing process. If somebody is out there really hurting um, and needing healing or they just feel stuck, I mean, this is definitely the book for them. And, you know, the other thing is for the people who know you from, you know, the food and nutrition world, a lot of amazing recipes in here, too, that you give people the balance for really the mind, the spiritual wellness, but also nourishing the body. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a great book for like a 360 like guidebook to revamping and making your whole life more beautiful. And there's also some great desserts in there where you're incorporating some of these things as well. I definitely try to get my matcha cookies are like phenomenally good and people go crazy for them. So they're matcha chocolate chip cookies and they're vegan and gluten-free with low sugar and they're made with a secret ingredient that you'll have to find in the book. But people like really like the matcha chocolate chip cookies. Like it is their favorite. Well, Candace, it was such a pleasure. You know, I just love the theme of the book and finding the beauty in the imperfection and finding the beauty in the broken parts of yourself. And I think a lot of people out there are going to be really inspired by your story and be really inspired by this book. Once again, Kintsugi Wellness, you can buy it right now uh, at Candace's website or you can go up on Amazon. And it was such a pleasure to talk to you, my friend. Hey, thank you, Dan. I really appreciate it. Well, there you have it. We'd love to know your aha moments. Be sure to share it with us. You can screenshot this podcast, upload it to Instagram or Twitter, and let Candace and I know you're listening. Again, you can tag me at CSC Dan Mason. You can tag her at Candace Kumai. Thank you so much for spending a few minutes of your day with us this week. If the podcast is serving you, please share this with a friend. Don't forget you can give us a follow here on the iHeartRadio app and leave those ratings and reviews at Apple Podcast. Really helps us with the placement. We want to get this content out in front of more people. And you can always connect with me. Find me on Facebook. We have a private group for listeners of the podcast. A great way to meet other inspiring people from all over the world. Our Life Amplified Power Tribe. Find us at facebook.com slash groups slash life amplified you can find me on instagram and twitter at csc dan mason and coming up here in the next couple weeks producer matt and i are talking about doing a mailbag podcast where we answer your questions and help give you some insight on the challenges you're facing in your life so if there's something that you've always wanted to know if you and i could sit down and have coffee for 20 minutes what is the one question that you would ask me about how to up level your life email that to me me, dan at 
creativesoulcoaching.net. We might be using your questions on a future episode of the podcast. If you're looking for a coach or mentor to help you break through and create more purpose, love, joy, and fulfillment in all aspects of your life, you can get on the waiting list to work with me. I'm going to have some more spots opening up soon. Find all the info on that at creativesoulcoaching.net. In the meantime, turn down the volume on your negativity. Turn up the volume on your purpose so you can get out there and live life amplified. I'll talk to you next time.